Black Mamas to Emotionally Healthy Legacy. Today we will be talking about emotional wellness and motherhood. And what is an emotionally healthy mom? What does that even mean? And what are her characteristics? So let's get started. Let's talk a little bit about emotional wellness. What is that? So an emotionally mature person is somebody that knows how to handle their emotions. And they are also able to handle other people's challenging emotions without being sucked in into those emotions. What I mean by that is if you're feeling frustrated or angry or annoyed or irritated, anything challenging like that, that you will be able to control your emotion first and stay in control. You can allow yourself to feel that but not act on it in destructive ways or hurtful ways. And also when, let's say, your child is experiencing a similar emotion, you're able to show up for that person without getting pulled into that emotion. I think that's really common. It happens with anger. When someone is feeling angry, let's say your child is feeling angry and they start either throwing stuff or punching one of your other kids or hurting someone with their words or um, body, it is really, really difficult to step into the situation without getting sucked in into that feeling. That's what would happen with me, with my oldest son. The feeling that I struggle with the most handling is anger. I feel like that is the one that is most difficult for me not to get sucked in because when someone is feeling angry and they are reacting in hurtful ways, it's only natural for us to try to control that person and many times with our own anger and intimidation to overpower them. So for me personally, that is the hardest feeling to not get sucked in when someone's feeling that around me and that energy is being transferred. So an emotionally healthy person will be able to handle their own emotion in a healthy way and then handle other people around them and respond in a healthy way to other people around them who are feeling difficult emotions and maybe are not handling their emotions in a healthy way. What is an emotionally healthy mom? So one of the characteristics that I want to talk about is she's able to recognize what emotion she is feeling without ignoring it. What that means is, is when I'm feeling frustrated, when I'm feeling overwhelmed, when I'm feeling anger, I can notice it and label it to myself without suppressing it. For example, I gave this example in a previous podcast when my son spilled soup in the living room floor and just a few minutes before that, I told him not to eat in the living room. I told him to eat in the kitchen and he chose not to listen and then he spilled and I obviously have to clean it up because a five-year-old won't do a great job cleaning up soup from the floor, carpet floor. I was feeling frustrated. I was feeling angry. I felt annoyed. I felt disrespected. I did send my son upstairs to his room because it was just too much to have him next to me and I needed some space for myself. I recognized what I was feeling. I did not ignore that feeling. I was feeling frustrated. 
and I was feeling angry. And one of the things how you can um, recognize that emotion or validate that emotion to yourself without suppressing it is um, being mindful. And one of the phrases I use for myself is, this is what it is right now. I don't like it, but I will get through this. And that is a phrase that I kept telling myself as I was cleaning up the mess. This is what it is right now. I'm super frustrated. I don't like it, but I'll get through this. I was able to acknowledge the emotion without suppressing it. But I was able to also take deep breaths to calm my nervous system down so I wouldn't act on that anger and hurt my child. That number two is able to understand what she is feeling. Many times we're feeling, I like this term the most, I think, yucky. I got it from Rachel Bailey. She is another podcaster who um, talks more about emotional health in regarding to parenting and children as well. But one of the phrases that she uses is, is when you don't feel good internally, the word she uses is yucky. And I really like that word because it you can put a lot of terms in there. Anything that has to do with sadness, frustration, hungry, tired, irritated, annoyed, out of control, anything that goes into the section of feeling yucky. <laughs> so when I feel yucky, and sometimes I don't know why I feel that. And many times that is because over time, if we have learned to suppress our emotion and our feelings without acknowledging them, without um, giving them notice and room to feel, you will not know what you feel. You will not even understand what you feel. And that still sometimes happens to me. But because I have learned to allow myself to feel, I have learned to label my feelings, most of the time I can understand why I'm feeling the emotion. For example, I'm feeling frustrated in that situation with my son because the soup was spilled. I felt disrespected by my son. The soup was spilled and I need to clean up the mess. I was feeling frustrated and I knew why I was feeling frustrated. The next thing is able to own her feelings without blaming it on others. That is extremely hard to do. Very, very hard. Because many times we will think and say, well, he made me feel that. She made me do this. They made me feel that. And the thing is, is yes, in a situation like that, a child can frustrate you, but you are still responsible for yourself and you can choose to act on that frustration in a hurtful way or to learn to manage it. So yes, a situation caused frustration, caused overwhelm, cause stress but your child did not make you scream at him your child did not make you go spank them it's a choice that you made that's the way you chose to react in the situation so nobody can make you do something unless they literally hold a gun to your head it's still your choice to react or respond in a certain way so an example of that would be instead of saying, you made me angry, 
you can say I feel angry. When you say I feel angry, you own that feeling. It's you are responsible for that feeling and how you react or respond in that situation. And when you own your feelings, it also gives you power and how to handle those feelings and the ability to respond in a positive way. When you realize it's my choice to get angry at the situation or not, it's my choice to respond or react in the situation, that gives you power in how you handle the situation. It's up to me either to stay calm or to freak out. I get to make that decision. My child didn't make me scream. It was my decision. It was my choice to respond this way. But I tell you what, if you don't learn how to manage your feelings, you will feel out of control, like you can't control that feeling. And my child made me do it. For example, when our child is yelling or hitting someone else or doing something that really, really is triggering for us. It is normal as a human to get frustrated. When that happens, if you listen to previous episode on how our brain works, that shifts our brain from our thinking brain to our emotional part of our brain. When we are an emotional part of the brain, we cannot make positive choices. It's really, really hard to make a positive, logical decision, even though what we know what we should or shouldn't say. We end up saying things we don't mean and then what we regret later. So as parents, we need to learn to manage that feeling in a helpful way so then then we can react in a positive way to our kids. How that works practically is if my child is doing something that overwhelms me and frustrates me and even angers me, I need to, for me personally, I need to take deep breaths I need to affirm, do positive affirmations. I need to step away sometimes from the situation. And like the other day, I had to pace back and forth down the hallway. And I told my kids, please don't talk to me. I need to take a break. Mommy needs a break. I just paced back and forth in downstairs hallway telling myself, I've got this. I can do this. I can handle this. I've got this as I'm deep breathing. I don't know why I was frustrated. I was frustrated for some reason. But I was able to own that without saying, it's my child's fault that I'm frustrated. No, I'm choosing to get frustrated at the situation. And I'm also choosing how to handle the situation without taking it out on my kids or responding in a hopeful way. Which this hits the next um, point on my list is to manage your feelings in a hopeful way because we all feel these difficult emotions frustration irritation annoyance anger that is normal and typically there's a reason why we feel that if we look um, deeper we're either overwhelmed we're either stressed we are either sleep deprived or hungry or we're going through something rough and we nobody validated what we're dealing with. We're trying to suppress our emotions. So then it comes out into our behavior. So that's why it is so important to learn how to manage your own feelings well. We can either have negative ways to manage our emotions by taking it out on others 
or being negative, mean, or rude or disrespectful, or taking it out on yourself by having negative self-talk or stuffing the feelings or not letting yourself process them and let them go. I've talked in other episodes about positive ways to manage your feelings is to acknowledge them, understand what you feel and why you feel, own them, like this is my feeling, this is not anybody putting that on me, this is my feeling, and then doing mindfulness, breathing, and to let them go. Sometimes in the moment, that's all we have time for because we're dealing with chaos and overwhelm. We can't sit down and journal and walk away, and that's life. That's normal. I mean, I live in that too. But many times we can, in the moment, take a break. I've had to take, I do this often. I tell my kids, I'm feeling really frustrated right now. I need to take a break. I don't want to yell at you. I need to walk away and take a break. If everyone is physically safe, I walk away to a different part of the house. I do some deep breathing. I affirm myself. I've got this. I can do this. This is it is. This is what it is right now. I don't like it. I'll get through this. I say, God, please help me. I'm really, really struggling right now. I'm super overwhelmed and frustrated. I don't want to yell at my kids. Please help me with this difficult feeling emotion and as I'm doing this the practical thing that every mom needs to know and use is deep breathing why because it calms your nervous system down you're able to calm down where do when you are doing deep breaths when you're doing slow breaths you're calming down and your thinking brain is able to turn on and you're able to respond better than you normally would. The next thing is that recognizing your limits as a human. You are not an unlimited well of water that can constantly give, 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 give to your family without replenishing it. You will run out and when you run out, that's when we respond negatively. That's when we feel bitter and resentment because we all have limits. We have physical limits, our body needs rest, we have emotional and mental energy that has limits. And when we are depleted, we do not respond positively. We're not superhumans. And if we try to be, we will fail and end up collecting stress inside ourselves that will come out eventually in health issues or mental issues. I don't think any of us really wants that. So what we need to do is protecting our energy levels and sanity by setting boundaries, limits, and asking family for help. What that looks like for me, I know that starting this podcast, starting an online business, it takes time. It requires energy. It requires my mental energy. It requires my emotional energy. It requires my physical energy. And I cannot do everything on my own. That's why I ask my husband for help. I ask my mother-in-law for help. My sister comes once a week and she helps me. My parents take the kids one morning a week and they help me. I ask for help because I cannot do everything around the house, take care of everything, all my children, all their needs, and then run an online business with full sanity full energy, physical, emotional, and mental, and spiritual energy. I can't. I'm I'm not a superhuman. 
it will run out. And I recognize my limits that I can't do this all on my own and I ask for help. Why? I can either be frustrated, irritated, annoyed, overwhelmed, stressed out, trying to get it all done myself, or I can ask for help from people that love me and to them it's not a burden to show up and help me out because they love and care for me and they support me in what I'm doing. And it can take some of that load off of me and then I can show up better for my family. I want to touch a little bit about boundaries. That is a whole new subject in its own. But boundaries in family life when it comes to kids and functioning at your best. For example, we have boundaries with bedtime. My kids go to sleep at a certain time. I have boundaries with alone time. This is mommy's alone time. I have alone time until 7 o'clock in the morning. Unless my kids are sick or something is really tragic going on, if they wake up early, they come downstairs, they give me a hug, I tell them good morning, I ask them how they're doing, and then I ask them to go back upstairs until 7 o'clock. They can either lay on my bed or they can go to their room and play quietly. That's a boundary. This is my alone time. This is my space. This is when I'm recharging myself so then I can show up better for them for the rest of the day. That's a boundary. Did it just happen overnight? No, that is constant practice that I had to remind my kids over and over and over again. It's okay that you woke up at six. That's your choice. I can't control that part if you woke up at six or 7.15. What I can control and set boundaries to protect my energy is you can be awake, but you need to be upstairs and play quietly in your room because this is mommy's time. If I show up for myself and replenish my cup, I will be able to show up better for them. Also, um, that like that's an example of alone time. Or what I use with my three-and-a-half-year-old, I have a timer that... Uh, he sees and it's like a color timer that I just got off of Amazon. I'm sure you can find it. Um, you set a timer for like 30 minutes. It goes up to an hour and it's it like turns red. And as the time goes down, the red part decreases, decreases, and decreases. So he does really well understanding a timer like that. And so I can tell him, okay, this is time for you to play in your room. So when the timer rings, you can come out and we can, you know, play together. or You can watch cartoons. But this is mommy's alone time. I use that when I work in the middle of the day. So those are setting boundaries with, for example, with your kids. Also with people visiting, I don't know if you have anybody in your life that just visits to your house without asking and just shows up. Some people are okay with that. I personally need a heads up. I need you to check in with me before you just show up to my house, unpredictable, which actually doesn't really happen in my situation. Most of the people that are in our lives usually check in and say, hey, can we show up? Can we come over and stop by? But that's another thing that you can set boundaries with because if you have people in your life that just show up without... um asking in advance and they drain your energy that way and your time, you need to set boundaries with that because it's not unlimited. 
your energy, your mental energy, your emotional and physical energy has limits and you need to protect that if you want to show up in the best version of yourself. For example, another thing, setting boundaries and limiting extracurricular activities. This is really important. Your kids would rather have a happy mom than a mom who is all stressed out, taking them from dancing to swimming to guitar lessons to other extracurricular activities. Your kids would rather have a mom that is happy and is in a good mood versus someone who's constantly stretched thin and stressed out and reacts in negative ways. Because you will. If you're stressed out, you're going to react in negative ways. You want it or not, that's just the way we are. That's how our human brain works. Yes, you can have those activities for sure. I'm not saying they're not important. And if you choose that that is important for your family, but please set limits that are healthy for your family. Don't have your kids involved in several different things. So you are running like a chicken with your head cut off from one thing to another, from work to one activity to another activity. And you come home and it's 9.30 p.m. and you're just so drained, you're so overwhelmed, you just crash. No, you'll not be able to show up for your kids emotionally in a healthy way when you are stretched thin like that. You can't because your energy is limited. And if that's what you choose to spend your energy on, that is a choice that you make. Nobody made you do that. If you feel guilty for saying no to your kids for some reason, that is something that you need to address and process Journal about it. Figure out why you feel guilty, why it's hard for you to say no to your kids. Maybe ask some of your friends to step in and help you through that. But you cannot do everything else and then show up for your kids emotionally. You have to set limits in which areas that are important to you, which ones are your priorities, and what you're what you choose to spend your energy on because your energy is going to run out by the end of the day. And either you spend it driving your kids from one activity to another, or you spend your energy making a gourmet meal for your family, or you spend your energy going to the gym and working out and doing that, or you spend your energy, I don't know, watching TV, I don't know. Or you spend your energy connecting with your kids. That is a choice that you make. Nobody forces you to do that or not to do that. That is something that is your decision. Also, when you tell your kids, no, I'm sorry, this fall you cannot do this activity, I know. That's really frustrating. You were hoping to do basketball. I don't even know if basketball is in the fall. You were hoping to do basketball and mom said no. You feel super overwhelmed or you feel super frustrated, you feel angry, that's okay. It's understandable. You were hoping to play that sport, but I'm sorry, honey. It's just too much on my plate and I cannot do it all. Your kids also need to recognize they're not the center of the universe and the world does not revolve around them. They cannot get everything they want. That's not how the real world works. It's just not. 
And if you try to meet all their demands, you're sending a message to them that the world is all around them. They can get whatever they want and they become spoiled brats when they grow up. I'm sorry. That's not what I want for my kids when they become adults. If you choose to do that, that's your decision. If you think that's valuable for your family, I'm not judging you. That's just not something I value for my family. All right, the next part is handling your kids' big emotions without being sucked into them. So the big thing about that is understanding how the human brain works with emotions. We talked about this in previous episode. I believe it's number one episode about how the human brain works when it comes to emotions. When you learn to manage your emotions and you're emotionally grounded and calm, then you're able to handle your kids' emotions without being sucked into them. When you are under stress and depleted energy-wise, we as humans cannot show up for our kids in positive ways. We want to, but we just can't. And we need to understand that as much as I want to show up for my kids, if I am drained, I will not be able to do that. We talked about this earlier, recognizing that your child is struggling. They're not being a problem to you because they just want to annoy you, frustrate you, irritate you, piss you off, or whatever you might be thinking. They are struggling themselves and they have this big emotion that they don't know how to handle or haven't learned or trained their brain how to handle in a helpful way, and they just need your support and help through that feeling. All right, and the last thing that I want to mention is that you need to recognize, as part as an emotionally healthy person, that the effects of your past and the family of origin that you grew up really affects your present and the way you are as a human right now and how you react and respond. For example, the way you handle conflict in the family you are now has a lot to do with the family you grew up in. Either conflict was shoved under the rug and we just kind of ignore it and don't even talk about it, or people blow up, scream, yell, and hurt each other with their words and maybe their bodies. And another thing is handling their big emotions. How was your family handling big emotions? Were people taught to stuff them down or were people expressing them in a hurtful way or were they acknowledged and validated and calmly discussed and talked about and taught how to handle them in a healthy way? Your family, the way you grew up, the way your parents handle things, if you want it or not, it's going to affect the way you are now. It just is. That's how we are. That's what we know. That's what our brain remembers. That's what our brain automatically does, one or the other. We also all have triggers, and our past has a lot to do with it. The way we were raised is part of who we are. And even if we are believers and have been saved, your past and your family of origin still has a lot to do who you are. Yes, we are a new creation in Christ. But the way you handle your frustration and resentment is the same unless you get emotionally healthy. You still either stuff your emotion or take it out on others. And even though you are a believer and a new creation in Christ, if you didn't learn how to handle it in a healthy way, you're going to 
fall back on the patterns of the way it was done in the family you grew up in. All right, here are the takeaways from this podcast today. Being an emotionally healthy individual involves recognizing your feelings, understanding them, and owning them. Number two, there are positive ways to release the negative emotions, such as breathing, being mindful, journaling, and talking about it when you are not emotionally charged. Because if we're trying to release our emotion when we are feeling very negative on the inside, many times we say things we don't mean. If you don't learn how to handle your big feelings in a helpful way, you will not be able to handle your children's feelings and you will teach them to stuff them down or you will set them an example of handling feelings in hurtful ways because that's what you do because you were never taught how to handle it in a helpful way. If this has been helpful for you, if there's any information that was like, oh my gosh, this just spoke to me. I want to learn more about this. Please reach out to me at Emotionally Healthy Legacy on Instagram. You can direct message me and let me know what stood out to you, what you want to learn more about. If this information is helpful, if this has been mind-blowing for you, because it was for me when I was learning all of this information at first i was like whoa why have i not learned this before this is so helpful and useful to know and if you know of anybody in your life who will benefit from this who will find it useful and it will help them in their journey in parenting you can pass this podcast on to them i will see you ladies next time